Amen, amen, amen. Can I have an amen this morning? Hallelujah. John tells us, I believe it's in the 11th chapter of John, around verse 15, verse 16, I'm not sure, that everything that he ever did, he did it that your joy may be full. Hallelujah. Your joy may be full. Well, if there's anything that can fill up your joy this morning, it's knowing that Jesus Christ is alive. Amen. 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 We certainly want to visit. We certainly want to welcome all of our visitors today. Thank you for coming. And you've made uh, your families, I'm sure, uh, smile this morning to having them with you today, as well as us. Barb and I are so glad that you're with us today to celebrate probably the greatest day in the life of a believer. Can you say amen? Because God is an awesome God. Glory to God. Amen, amen. If you would, let's go ahead and get our Bibles ready or our uh, devices, whatever it is that you might want to that you might want to uh, use today. But uh, we're just going to be a blessing to you today, not because it's me, but because of uh, what God has done. And what God is going to continue to do. Amen? So praise the Lord. Amen. Let me get my stuff out of the way here, you know. <laughs> Hallelujah. If we were to give a title to today's message this morning, we'd simply call it the king. Everybody say the king. The king, the king has one more move. Don't ever allow the adversary to even plant a seed of doubt of any kind in your mind that would try to tell you that there is no hope. Because as long as there is a man called Jesus, and he will be forever, there will always be hope. Now, hope is a confident expectation or an expected end. So I'm glad to know that our hope that we have has not only been confident but it's come true. This man called Jesus Christ is alive. Can you say amen? I mean, I've been meditating all week about the goodness of God and what he's done and what he will do. He's not done yet. Amen. But the resurrection, everybody say the resurrection. The most important event in the life of all Christendom. The most important event that ever took place in this world was the resurrection. On it, on the resurrection, hangs the very breath and the very life of all born-again believers and how we stand with him. Fulfilling every prophecy and conquering every battle he ever faced, bringing with him the message of love and salvation to a world without hope. Jesus is our resurrection. All four Gospels, I'm sure you've probably read the Gospels this week during uh, the Easter week. All four Gospels do talk about the resurrection, do give reference to the resurrection, as well as, I believe, the book of John. And all 66 books of the Bible, I believe you can find reference of the coming of the Messiah. Amen. So I'm just so glad that he didn't come 
He didn't sneak in. Come on. He didn't come uh, unannounced. He had been announced hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before. But if you would, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the great resurrection chapter. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Now, we're not going to read all of this, but we're going to read some of this. All of it's important, but uh, I just picked out some things that I thought that we needed to hear today to uh, uh, solidify all that Jesus is and all that he stands for. Amen. So, Father, right now, we thank you for the word. The word is always there for us. You gave us the word as a pattern that we're to pattern ourselves after what thus saith the Lord. So, Father, as we come to you and as we face things, you've already conquered every battle that I've ever went through. You've already conquered every trial that I will ever face. So, Father, I thank you for the truth of your word into the hearts and the spirits of men and women who are here today. If there be one that does not know how they stand or are not sure how it is between them and Jesus, let this day be their day forevermore. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen and amen. The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, beginning in verse 1, starts off like this. He says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel. Praise God. Everybody say, thank God for the gospel. Thank God for the gospel. That's how you got here. That's how I got here. Someone was bold enough somewhere, stood up, and preached the gospel to you, and you heard it, but you did something with what you hear, and I think this is a lot of times where people miss it. They hear, but they're not doing anything with what they hear, because it's the hearing Amen. It's the hearing of God's word will get you to the place that you need to be. Can I have an amen? Moreover, brother, I declare, in other words, I preach to you. I preach to you the gospel, which I preached unto you, which also what you received, wherein you stand. In other words, when you receive the gospel that he's talking about here, that's what you're standing in today. You're standing on the truth of what the Apostle Paul preached, what the disciples preached, but most of all, you're standing on the truth of what Jesus Christ preached while he was here on this earth. Amen. Telling people about the gospel. Glory to God. By which, talking about the gospel, by which also you are, what? Saved. It was the preaching of the gospel that brought you in. It was your belief in the gospel message that got you saved or accepting Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, by which also you are saved if you keep in memory. Come on, church. What's the best way we can do things to keep it in our memory? It's to renew. It's to meditate on. It's to go over and over and over again. I'm so glad that you and I need to what? Meditate. Go over because it's with the renewing of the mind that your spirit man is made whole. He must be renewed. You've heard me use the illustration before when I was in 
grade school and kindergarten, coming up through that, my teachers were always repeating and repeating and repeating and repeating. So don't get upset when the preacher is standing in front of you. He's repeating and he's repeating and he's saying a lot of things that you've heard before. But Roman ten seventeen says what? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? The word of God. Not what you see on Facebook, not what you read in magazines, not what you see on television, but we're talking about having faith in God and making sure that the gospel that you heard is going to be steadfast. It's going to hold on. It's going to weather the storms. It's going to be with you when it's not good outside. It's going to be, he's going to be with you when it looks like all hell is breaking loose. Thank God we have a Savior who withstood the darkness of the cross. Hallelujah. Glory to God, by which also you are saved to keep in memory, which I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. Sounds to me like if we, like, like, like if we, don't refresh ourselves once in a while of something, we can lose it. I believe that's what he's saying. Did you know the more you stay out of church, the more you stay out of church? Did you, more, did you know the less you pray, the less you pray? Did you, did you know the less you read, the less you read? Amen. But the more you pray, the more you read, the more you bring God's confession up in your daily walk, the more refreshing it is to you and I. Folks, I want to tell you, God's Word will keep you. I said God's Word will keep you. Amen. Now, He may not keep you out of every storm, but He'll keep you through every storm. Glory to God. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received. How that what? Christ. Paul's telling us what happened here and how he got it. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received. How that what? Christ what? Died. Did Jesus die? Did he die? Let me say it again. Did Jesus die? Yes, he did. He died. Well, who did he die for? You and I. Why did he come? He didn't come to live. He came to die. This man called Jesus Christ. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received. How that Christ, what? Died for our sins according to the scriptures. Thank God he died for my sin. Verse 4. And that he was buried. How many believe that he was buried? Absolutely. And that he was buried and that he what? Rose again. He, amen. He what? He came. He died. He was buried and he rose again. There's the whole gospel message right there in two verses. Amen. Right there in two verses. And that he was what? Buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. According to what the scriptures said. They said he was going to come. They said he was going to die. But they said in three days he'll get up again. And he did. That's what the scriptures said. And after that he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. And after that he was seen above five hundred brethren. There were eyewitnesses of whom the greater part remained unto the present. But some are fallen asleep. In other words, they want to be with the Lord. Verse 7 says, After that he was seen of James, then of all the apostles. And last of all, he was seen of me also as one born out of due time. Paul's talking about himself. Verse 9, he says, For I am the least of the apostles. 
that I'm not made to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. You know, the life of the apostle Paul, what he did, his life wasn't so good, but he persecuted the church and even had some of them killed. Amen. That's what he did. But, but God saved him. I said, but God saved him. So really, it doesn't matter what you've done. God is on the forgiving side. Glory to God. I said, glory to God. Verse 10 says, but by the grace of God. Amen. Everybody say the grace of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God, which is on the inside of us. God will give you enough grace to get you through this race that you're in. Everybody in here can look back. Sometimes it's okay to look back. We can look back and see how we've made mistakes. But isn't it better to look ahead and what, see what God has got for you on the other side? Oh, hallelujah. If I could erase some of the things that I've done in my past, I would. But I can't. If I could take back some of the words that I've said, I would. But I can't. They're out there. But thanks be to God for grace. That same grace enabled the Apostle Paul to do all that he did while he was preaching the gospel. Amen. A great persecutor of the church. But yet Jesus saw something in him. Isn't that something to know? That even though the Apostle Paul did all those things against what they were believing, God saw something in him. God sees something in every one of us here this morning. God sees the calling on every one of you here this morning. Now, whether you've answered that call or not is between you and God. Sometimes it's like a wrestling match. Sometimes you just wonder, oh, that can't be me. Yeah, it probably is if he just keeps coming to you with it. There are ministry gifts sitting in this room this morning. There are ministry gifts sitting in this room this morning that haven't answered the call of God in their life. Amen. I'm talking about in the public ministry. I'm talking about uh, being called into the ministry. Amen. Everybody's called into the ministry to do something. But there's another ministry, the five-fold ministry that he's called. And he's calling you. You need to keep listening. I said you need to what? Keep listening. I love this in verse 10. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was what? With me. Therefore, rather it were I or they, so we preach, and so we believed. Verse 12 says, Now if Christ be priest, listen to this, we're talking about the resurrection. <laughs> now if Christ be priest that he rose from the dead... I'll say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead. But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain and your faith is also vain? Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up. If so be that the dead rise not up. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised? Amen. That's all true. If everything we've heard is not true, amen, if Jesus didn't come, 
if Jesus didn't die, if Jesus wasn't raised from the dead, everything you've ever done from a child, everything you've ever done from the time you entered the church or accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, it's not true. I said it's not true if the resurrection of Jesus Christ didn't happen. Can you say amen? It's all a lie. In other words, we all just might as well pack up after here today. If it's not true that Jesus came and died and rose, amen, from the grave, if that's not true, let's just all quit and go home and just die. But it's not over. The king, the king has one more move. <laughs> this is good news. Hallelujah. Verse 17 says, And if Christ be not raised, your faith, everything you've believed as a Christian up to this point, is a lie. I said it's a lie if Jesus has not been telling us the truth. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. All your family members... All those people that you thought made it to the other side. All those witnesses that you knew beyond a shadow of a doubt made it to the other side. If Jesus Christ did not die and did not raise from the dead, all that you and I have is a memory. That's all. Amen. But the king has one more move. I love that. <laughs> then they also, which are falling asleep, my mom, my dad, your mom, your mom, my brothers, my sisters, who I know lived a godly life, who I know accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. If Jesus Christ isn't all that he said he was, they didn't make it either. I said they didn't make it either if Jesus was not telling the truth. Verse 19 says, and this is very true, if in this life only, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. Another translation says you're to be pitied. If the only hope that you have is opening up Facebook. If the only hope you have is getting to your job. If the only hope you have is getting through one day at a time, if the only hope you have is the money that you're getting to come in every month, the Bible says we're all to be pitied. Come on now. If the only hope we have is in this life, this life that we live, this life that we are trying to succeed in, this life that we're trying to make a mark in, if that's the only hope you have is getting to the bank on Friday to put that money in the bank to build up a savings account. And that's wonderful. I do that. Barb and I do that. Many of you do that. That's not my hope. 
Tomorrow is coming and we have no promise of it. We're not even promised a breath that we're going to breathe tomorrow. But if it comes, my hope is not in that breath. My hope is if I lose that breath, the next step I take is to be with him. But if Christ is not who he says he is, I have no hope. And everybody in here ought to pity me. If you're in here today and you're lost, you have no hope. If you're in a backslidden condition, you have no hope. Your hope is in him. I said your hope is in him. This man called Jesus Christ. If in this life only, <laughs> amen, folks, we have no idea what heaven's going to be like. And he gives us just a little bit of a preview. The gates are made of pearl. The gates, just the gates. The floor that we're going to walk on is pure gold. <laughs> and how highly down here do we hold up riches? We're really not going to take anything with us. Amen. You're really not going to take anything with you. Enjoy life down here as a believer and put your hope in him. And as far as things go, I think it's great. Everybody has things. But when those things wear out, go get another thing and wear it out. But don't let the thing own you. Amen. I said amen. Verse 20. I like this one. Summates the other verses right here. Paul says, but now, everybody say now, <laughs> but now is Christ risen from the dead. Glory to God. That ought to make you shout. Amen. Now Christ is. I said a lot of negative things about if it wasn't true, but man, look at what he said now. But now, oh, glory to God. Right now, today, right now, what? But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the what? The first fruits of them that slept. Jesus was the first, but he's not the last. I'm getting in on the call when it comes. I'm listening for a sound. When I get up in the morning, I'm listening for a sound. And when I hear the sound, guess what? I'm gone. And you're gone. And if your family's ready, they're gone. Verse 21 says, For since by man came death, we know how that happened with Adam, and became the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. Talking about Jesus. For as in Adam all die, the first Adam. Even so in Christ shall all be made alive, the second Adam. Which is who? Jesus Christ. But every man in his own order, Christ the first fruits afterward, they that are Christ at his coming. And verse 24, the, then cometh the end, when he shall have delivered up the kingdom of God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power. There is coming a day when he will put down all sin on the earth. Verse 25 says, For he must reign till he hath put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy, the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. I said is death. That's one of the least things believers ought to fear 
is death. Here I am, Lord. Just go ahead. I'm ready. Now, if you can't say that, then you have you don't have confidence in knowing where you're going. I'm not afraid to die. I'm not afraid of death. Now, before I knew Jesus Christ as my personal Savior, you know, I was kind of skeptical. I don't know. I, I think I need something in my life here before I die. I believe his name is Jesus. Amen. See, death can't harm me. I, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, existing down here, but I'm going to live over there. Glory to God. I said, glory to God. That's one of the least things a believer should fear is dying. Man, you're getting ready to win. You're getting ready to win. When, when, my, when my brother and when my uh, two sisters went on to be with the Lord, I got to pray with them just before they left. And my grandmother. I, 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 look at, I said, Grandma, are you ready to, ready to go? She said, I've been ready. I've just been waiting on him to let me go. She was ready. She wasn't afraid. Amen. And, and, and uh, my oldest sister, she said the same thing. She used to sing, play guitar, been a Christian all of her life. She used to stand on a, an old uh, uh, stool behind the pulpit and sing with my dad in church. I said, sis, are you ready to go? She said, honey, I know I'm ready to go. I know I'm ready to go. And my other sister, May, she was the same way. Sit on, stood right beside my other sister on another stool. They sang in church with Dad. I said, May, are you ready to go? She said, Yeah, honey, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to start living. I'm just start ready to, I'm, start, I'm ready to start living for Jesus. Amen. What a testimony. Amen. Ready. Are you ready? Amen. I mean, that's a real question. Are you ready? See, I know you want your family members in, and that's wonderful, but are you ready? I said, but are you ready? Glory to God. Let me finish up here. And verse uh, 27, for he had put all things under his feet, but when he saith all things are put under him, it is manifest that he is accepted, which did put all things under him. And when all things shall be subdued under him, then shall the son also himself be subject unto him, God, that put all things under him, that God may be what? All in all. My, 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 my. Now drop down here to verse 51. In the same chapter, verse 51, 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty-one, He says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. <laughs> are you ready for the change? I said, are you ready for the change? Hallelujah. Verse 52 says, in a moment, it's not going to take long. This is how soon it's going to happen. This is how soon you're going to get out of here. In a moment, a twinkling of an eye at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. Hallelujah. All the sin that you had will be there no more and it will be changed. Verse 53 says, for this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on what? Immortality. Praise God. What a time we're going to have. So when the corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall put on immortality, then shall he be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Thank God. Then you and I can say, oh, death. Amen. Oh, death. Where is thy sting? What was I afraid of? Oh, grave. Amen. Where is thy victory? 
The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be unto God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Folks, we got the victory through Him. Whatever we're going through, whatever you're facing, you win. Man, I'm glad to know that. And verse 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be you steadfast. Now he's telling us what to be till it happens. Amen? Till it happens. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain. Amen? In the Lord. I said in the Lord. Folks, I want to tell you, your labor is not in vain. Can you say amen? Now I want to end with this this morning. It's a true story. This is where I got my title from. The king has one more move. Now you may be in a position to where you think, I don't know how he's going to do it. I don't know how he's going to get me through this. I don't know how he's going to pull this off. I don't know how he's going to get me from where I am to where I need to be. True story as it was told to me from a good friend of mine. In a museum in Paris, France, called the Louvre. Anybody ever hear of the Louvre? It's in Paris, France. There, was a, there used to be a painting that was hanging up in the Louvre called Checkmate. The uh, painter was Friedrich Rietz. But this, this astounding uh, Information here really got me thinking here. They have so many paintings in the Louvre in this museum that if you spent just 60 seconds, just 60 seconds looking at each painting for eight hours a day, it would take you over 60 days to see every painting in that museum. (laughs) Amen. There was an internationally known chess champion who had a hobby of visiting art galleries and museums. On one of his visits to where this particular painting was displayed, he was part of a tour group at this particular time. And as they were about to move to another exhibit, he couldn't take his eyes off this painting, this painting that said Checkmate. He told them to go ahead and he would catch up. And he just continued to stare at that painting. Time swiftly flew by. and Before he knew it, the tour group had returned. And they saw him still standing there in front of that, that uh, painting. He just still standing there staring at it. So he said, you guys just go ahead. He said, I, I, I need to look at this painting a, a little more. <laughs> this painting, Checkmate, depicts two chess players. Anybody know anything about chess? Okay. This painting dep- depicts two chess players. Stay with me. Busy with this chess game. One was Satan, whom appears to be arrogantly confident, and the other player is a man who looks hopeless and terrified. If Satan wins, he gets the man's soul. Amen. We've all been in positions of fear. 
We've all been in situations maybe of terror. We've all been in situations where we had no idea how God was going to bring this to pass. After long study of the painting, this internationally known chess player suddenly explained, It's wrong. It's wrong, he said. It's not chess mate. The king has one more move. Woo! He looked at it again and he said, no, I'm serious. He said, look at the painting. It is not checkmate. It is not checkmate in your life. It is not checkmate in your life. Listen to your pastor. It is not checkmate. It is not over. I'm convinced that the king has one more move. Whoa! It's wrong, he said. It's not checkmate. The king has one more move. The game is not over. Your game is not over. Your time is not up yet. Glory to God. We need to find the person that painted this and either have him take it down or change the name of the painting. Woo! Glory to God. <laughs> Let's look at this word, checkmate. It's a, noun, it's a noun, meaning the winning position in which an opponent's king is under attack and unable to escape. So if you've ever had anything to do with a chess game and someone has got you into position and they said, Checkmate. They have put you in a position where you are at the mercy of the one who checkmated you. It also means utter defeat to be checkmated. In chess, a call made when placing the opponent's king in checkmate. Another one says to render powerless when you're in that position. Amen. Many of us have been in that position. Powerless. God, what am I going to do? God, look at me now. How can you help me? It looks like there's no way out. Amen. In Arabic. The word checkmate is pronounced shemate, meaning the king is dead. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. (laughs) The king has one more move. Can you say amen? The king has one more move. According to him, the devil, who thought he was winning, was in fact not winning. The man who thought he was losing was actually winning because according to the pieces left on the chessboard, his king had one more move left and that would make him the actual winner. Oh, I tell you folks, you've got one precious piece in your life and it's the king. I said, it's the king. 
Can you say amen? I said, it's the king. Amen. It's the king. Amen. Amen. I said, he, this man, maybe many of us who've been in these positions. Amen. The king. I want to tell you as your pastor, and if you're not here, you're visiting, I want to tell you this. Your king has one more move for you. And then when that move's done and you need help again, your king has one more move for you again. Folks, I want to tell you, the king has one more move for this church. Amen. And then if things don't work out and we need to rebuff, guess what? The king has one more move. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. We can look at many scenarios here, but let's just look at a few here. Times running by us in Daniel 6, 16 through 24. Daniel looked like he was in checkmate, didn't it? But the lions didn't need him. Can you say amen? <laughs> Glory to God. In John 8 through 11, the woman caught in the adultery, about to be killed. What did Jesus do? He stepped in. Looked like it was checkmate for her. And he said, no. He that is without sin cast the first stone. She had another move. And he moved right in. This man called Jesus. Amen? Luke 23, 39 through 43. The murderer next to Jesus on the cross thought it was all over, but he still repented. Looks like checkmate to me. But Jesus looked over at him and said, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. A thief on the cross wasn't baptized, didn't, didn't pray some, pray some long prayer. He just looked over and Jesus said, yes, you can come and be with me. Glory to God. Amen. God is so good. Amen. And remember the crowd who had days earlier was praising him when he was coming in. Hosanna, Hosanna. Just a few short hours later. They were crying, crucifying, crucifying, crucifying. Folks, I want to tell you, you'll never get in a place to where God won't have a move for you to make. Amen. Miss Elisa, would you come up to the piano, please? Hope you got something out of that this morning. The king has one more move. Yes, he did come. Yes, he did die. But he rose from the grave that you and I could accept him as our personal Savior. Amen. Let's all stand. Thank you for being so patient with me this morning. Thank you for listening intently because my whole intent is to put the Word in you. I have no other alternative motives, ulterior motives, but to instill in you God's living Word. And if you have God's living Word living in you, that makes you alive. But maybe you haven't felt that life in a while. See, folks, this is something you really need to be sure of beyond a shadow of a doubt. If Jesus himself were to come in and give the altar call today and look at you and say, are you ready? There's only one answer that you can give him to assure yourself a place in heaven. And that's, yes, I'm ready. But if you're not, that's okay. You're in a place where we're certainly not going to hold anything against you. Amen. All of us 
have sinned and come short of the glory of God in this building. We've all been there. And we're all cheering for anyone who's having problems. We'll stand with you through thick and through thin. Because your king, King Jesus, wants to welcome you into heaven himself. And your first step would be to say, Pastor, I need prayer this morning. Maybe you don't want to come this morning. Maybe you'd just like to say, Pastor, I need you to pray for me. I'm going through some things. Uh, and I just need help. I, I don't always have the answers. I don't always have the right answers either. I just go to somebody smarter than I am. And that's Jesus. But if you're here this morning and you'd like to have prayer, would you just raise up your hand? Just let me know that, it, that you're interested or that you need prayer. Is there a hand anywhere? Bless those hands. Amen. Amen. It's okay to lift your hand as a believer. Amen. It's okay. I need help. We need help as a local church. Amen. There's, there's so much to do, and we need more people to help us. So I encourage you as your pastor, every time this church door opens, I encourage you to be here if at all possible. Amen. We need your talents. We need your abilities. We need everything that you will give the master for his sake. Amen. Praise God. Well, Barb and I love you. Come up here, honey. Let's dismiss this together. Yeah, uh, I know. <laughs> yeah. She was looking. Don't forget communion. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I just want you to stand up here. Barbara and I want you to know we love you. And when we come together to this church, we come as one. We have the same message, and that's to lift up this bed called Jesus Christ. What a privilege it is. Amen. So we're, we're looking for Easter next year to be even bigger and have no room to where we'd have to put out seats. But you're, you're, you, are, 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 are the best witness we can have. Yes, amen. You need to tell someone amen. about what God is doing in your church right here. Amen. 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 So we love you. And we just, I just wanted us both so you can see us both. We both love you. And we're going to give God all the praise and give him all the glory. Amen. amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, honey. I want to ask Joe and Brother Rudy to come. They're going to serve communion this morning. If everybody would just be seated. Thank <laughs> you.